Hey, how's it going, everybody? I'm Eric Panecki. I'm David Choi. And I'm John Labretti. And welcome to the Deals and Dollars podcast. The three of us are real estate executives in the New York City metro area. Every week, we bring on the best real estate investors and entrepreneurs we know to talk about how they made it in the business, how they source their deals, and most importantly, how they make their dollars. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. All right, let's get into it. Let's ride! I'm your host, CEO and investor, David Choi. I'm here with producer extraordinaire, Joshua Perna. How's it going, Josh? It's going great, David. How you doing, buddy? Good, brother. First day podcasting. You excited about it? Oh, I'm very excited. Before we get started, I feel like I have to ask the obvious question here. What made you want to start doing a podcast in the first place? <laughs> I actually, when I was 19 years old, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was asking God for wisdom, and I kept Googling how to retire early. And I actually came across my favorite podcast, Bigger Pockets Podcast. Classic. And it really inspired me to take action and build the businesses that I have today. Currently, I do over 100 wholesales or fix and flip, buy and holds yearly all throughout northern New Jersey. I'm a part owner in a Keller Williams brokerage, just did 220 sales in 2021. I am an owner in a private money lending company that just did over $100 million in loan volume last year. And we're doing apartment syndications now. Just took down some incredible opportunities. So you have a lot of experience in real estate. You have a lot of information. And this podcast is about sharing that information with people. Uh, I hope so. I hope I, hopefully I could add value to the people that are listening. Real estate's a powerful, powerful tool to get financial freedom. And I'm hoping that we can inspire some people today. That's beautiful, man. So for everyone listening, this is an interview show. Every episode, we're going to have a new guest on who is a real estate investor who's going to bring their experience and their expertise to tell us the do's and the don'ts of investing in real estate. This first episode is going to be a little different, though. It's going to serve as an introduction to the show, so it's an interview between me and David. This is so you can get to know David and his history in the industry, and David's going to try to sell us on why investing in real estate is the move for financial flexibility and financial freedom. So before we get started, to anyone who's listening, if you want to get in contact with us, if you want to join our Real Leverage networking group, if you want to attend one of the Real Leverage educational events that we'll be hosting, or if you're interested in investing with David, you can get in contact with us at realleverage.net. We'd love to hear from you. All right, let's start the show. Roll the tape. Let's get it going. Let's ride, baby. 26 years old, didn't come from a lot of money. I didn't, I certainly wasn't poor. You know, I grew up in Rutherford, New Jersey, so I didn't come from the struggles that some people have. You know, my mom, being a single mother, raising me and my brother, she worked her ass off to put food on that table. I mean, mm -hmm. early in the morning, coming late home at night, every night, still putting food on the table. She's just, she was an animal, 80, 90 hours a week, right? My dad, who was not there all the time in the beginning, later found his way back. He, me, me and my dad are best friends now, so it all kind of came full circle. He was a, a businessman. That business kind of went sideways. He got screwed on a deal, mm. and he actually had to file for bankruptcy. So it created this huge financial struggle for me and my family early on, right? So seeing my mom struggle all throughout life, me and my brother going to college on student loans, you know, trying to make our way through. My brother ended up going to you know, medical school. I was not the brightest kid. I graduated sixth from the bottom of my class in high school. <laughs> okay. Up until freshman year, I was on the dean's list. And, and unfortunately, the dean has two lists, uh, one for the good students and, and one for the, for the academic probation list. And uh, 
Yes. So technically Dean's is though. Okay. Yeah, technically I was on the Dean's radar for sure. Uh, you know, I, I went through some personal struggles, right? I got into some legal trouble. I was a big fighter at the time. I was the captain of my wrestling team, captain of my football team. I just like hitting. And uh, even till this very day, I, you know, I kickbox, but... You've redirected it into a constructive channel. Yes, yes. Yes. Precisely. So ultimately end up um, meeting God, right? Went to jail, spent a couple nights there. Dad bailed me out. My dad was like, you're going to read the Bible with me every single day, right? From 9.30 to 10 o'clock, you and I are going to do quiet time. We're going to pray together. We're going to read the Word together for a whole year straight. We read the Bible together. We read the whole Bible, right? And I was so broken. I was, you know, I was an idiot my whole life, right? Like, failure at school, barely got into college. And I was like, dude, I'm so screwed, right? And when you come, when you hit rock bottom, your mom can't bail you out. Your dad can't bail you out. Your best friends all abandon you. You got one person to go to. And, and that's God, right? And so I was reading the story of David, King David, if you guys know the Bible. It's just this story of this no way in hell this guy's making it kind of person. And because of he had the right heart, he was the beloved. And he took him from nothing, made him king. And through that lineage, Jesus Christ was born, right? And so I just found so much strength. That's the story of David, I'm the man that I'm named after. And so ultimately, I, I set a couple goals for the first time. This is the first time in my life I'm like, I'm going to try to do good in the, in the traditional ways. I'm going to care about school for the first time. I'm going to get an internship. So I set a couple goals to do that. And um, I said, I wanted a 3.7 GPA. I want to be a leader in one club. I want to get one internship. This was sophomore year. Right. And I just, I, I, I leaned on God and I said, God, like, I, I'm an idiot. Everything I do, I screw up. Right. But then I leaned on him and I just had this like he knew my heart. Right. I didn't want to be successful so I could have a Lamborghini. He knew I wanted to be successful so I could serve his kingdom. And he knew that. Right. And my heart was there. He anyone could judge me, but God knows my heart. That's right. that's what that was the truth. And he knew that. And so 4.0. Right. That first time like ever. Like I'm talking about sixth in the class. I was the dumbest out of 160 kids. I'm just academically challenged. Right. 4.0 first semester. I ended up being a leader in three clubs. I ended up getting three internships. Just blew everything away. I was, I was like the juggernaut. God is with me. You can't stop me kind of thing, right? And what I realized was I was busting my tail. I challenged myself because I saw my mom working 70, 80, 90 hours a week. And I said, I'm not going to let my mom out work me anymore. You're going to match that. Yeah. So I started working 70, 80, 90 hours a week. And I was exhausted. Like, oh my gosh, I've never worked this hard before. Nice. It's just a shocker. So I started Googling how to retire early, how to retire early. And <clears throat> believe it or not, I found marketing stuff. Like, and it was like one of those options, right? And so I ended up falling into a podcast called Bigger Pockets Podcast. Yeah. And this podcast was about financial freedom through real estate investing, right? And, and I, caught, I caught what you call the real estate bug. And so I got mentors. I started reading an unbelievable amount of books on real estate listening to every single podcast on my way to work, on my way back from work. Throughout the way, you know, now it's, yeah, I started at 19, I'm 26 now. Uh, I own three companies, right? Obviously, um, I, I'm a, I own a part of Keller Williams Brokerage. I own a, a wholesaling fix and flip, like invet, real estate investment company, did, did over 100 deals last year. I own a private money lending company. We did just under $100 million in loan volume last year. I mean, all of it, like glory to God, but like all of it came just through starting off with one podcast. And right. uh, that's what my hope is for this show is that 
you know, there's regular guys out there. They don't, maybe they don't want to be multi, multi million. That's fine. But if they just knew a couple of things, they could set themselves up financially. Get that freedom. Get out of that race. Yeah. Spend time with the family. Take care of them. You don't have to worry about going to work, being a slave to, to corporate America. I'm just trying to show people that it's not that hard. Right. You know? So anyway, a long-winded story there. We That's beautiful. Have to, we're going to probably cut, up, cut some of that up. But um, <clears throat> I want to start off with just figuring out where you are. And I want to kind of give you some advice today on some steps you could take towards financial freedom. Absolutely. Uh, and that, you know, you, I'm sure a lot of people are going to resonate with your story. I'm going to say some, some challenging stuff. But the thing is, man, I'm 26 years old. I'm a millionaire. It, it's not hard. So you got, you've been an entrepreneur yeah. for about 10 years on like 1099 income. Yeah, like always contractor. Yeah. Right. And you don't own any multifamily real estate. You don't own a no. home, anything like that. I'm a blank slate because I, I just paid off my student loans. My nice. student loans are gone. I almost paid off the car loan that I have. I'm debt free. Nice. I have just enough money in the bank to start to play around with. Nice. So, you know, there's, we don't have to kind of worry about consolidating debt. So I'm ready to begin now nice. my journey in investing. So where do you suggest I begin that journey. So I want to take a step back. So I wish you had met me five years ago because I would have said, Joshua, don't you pay off that student debt, <laughs> right? And and this is like goes against the grain, right? right? Like I know your girlfriend, Caroline, she has student loans. And yeah. she's like, Dave, what, what do you think I should do? I'm like, listen to me, don't pay off that student debt. So Caroline came to me and she was like, I got, I think she had like 15,000, nothing crazy in student loans. She's got a decent job, um, and she's like, ah, I kind of just want to get aggressive and pay down my, my student loans. I'm like, I'm like, well, Caroline, like, what interest rate are your student loans sitting at? And she's like, I think I'm at like 3.6% or 3.7%. And I was like, yeah, what I would do if I were you is I would not pay that off, mm -hmm. right? That you, I would go into, I would consolidate that debt and do the most minimum payment across the longest duration of time possible and lock in a fixed interest rate at 3.7%. And that might sound crazy, but here's why I suggested it. So if you lock in 3.7% long-term debt and you're paying that off month over month over month, there's a positive trade line that occurs and your, your, your FICO starts to go up, which is, which is nice, right? The other thing is... <clears throat> If she saved that, instead of paying off that 15, she could save that 15 liquid cash. Instead of paying that off over the course of the next two years, but saved up 15 cash, maybe even 20, 30, 40 cash, instead of paying that off. Now she's got a, a, a nest egg, 35, 40 grand. With 35, 40 grand, you could buy yourself a three family, a four family property, and it's exponentially higher returns than 3.7%. Like, you got to take a look at the opportunity cost of your capital. Right. You're paying down $15,000 of student debt at 3.7%, right? So your return your rate of return is 3.7%. Right. But imagine this. You save that money instead, right? 4 years later, you have enough money to put down on a three family. And these three families are all over the place. Like, let's talk about a three family in uh, East Orange or or Bloomfield, right? This is a 5-6-700,000 property. 3.5% down with FHA financing, assuming that you have a decent FICO score, right? 3.5% down on $700,000 property, that's $24,500. Closing costs, maybe $35,000, $40,000, right? 
the beauty of this thing is that once you fully rent this thing out, you're going to make roughly $1,500,000, $2,000 of net positive cash flow a month, mm. right? And that's roughly, let's just say that's another $20,000 of positive cash flow after you pay back your taxes, after you pay down your, after you paying your mortgage, your insurance payment, your pre- mortgage insurance, your utilities, your water, you save a little bit in, in the, on the side for reserves if in the event the maintenance issues or capex right. like a boiler blows out you're still making $20,000 net in your pocket right so you're making 20,000 on a $40,000 investment that's a 50% return right there immediately immediately year one right and on top of that as a owner of real estate like the the US tax code was built for ownership right so they literally it's like a cheat code you get to write off salt taxes from your income so like let's say you make $100,000 a year, right? Um, and you get to write off up to $10,000 in salt taxes, right? So I think it's state and local taxes. So you pay 10000 ta- taxes, you could write that off. Right. You get to depreciate that $700,000 property over like 27 and a half years, straight line depreciation method. I said, I don't know, maybe another 10, 10 grand right there, right? So you get to write off 10000 in salt taxes. You get to write off $10,000 in depreciation and any interest that you paid on that mortgage, probably another seven, ten thousand. That's thirty thousand dollars in tax write-offs that you're getting that year. Right. So if your W two income's a hundred, now you're showing only seventy because you're subtracting that thirty thousand dollars in write-offs. Right. If you're in the thirty percent tax bracket, that equates to nine thousand dollars of cash value and tax write-offs. Right. So you get twenty thousand dollars in actual return, and then nine thousand dollars in cash value on write-off. So that's $29,000 on a $40,000 investment. That's a 72.5% return on your money, your net return. Once you're compounding those level returns year over year, your ability to save money goes through the roof. Right. So the difference between you paying off your student loans and, and getting a head start with an asset like this that's supercharging your financial well-being it's out of this world right right and mind yeah there's people that are risk averse and this podcast is for the people that already know that they want to take the next step in their lives to not be ordinary right to be extraordinary and to live a life of freedom right and it does take yeah i'm not gonna lie you're you're gonna have to learn a skill set to own real estate you know you're gonna have to learn how to you're gonna have to find a property manager you're gonna have to you're gonna have to find a plumber you're gonna have to find a broker, you're gonna have to go talk to a lender to get pre-qualified and ready to go. But that's all small steps, like a couple hours a week to make astronomically more money, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that that's what I would do if I were you. I'm sorry that you already paid that loan off. I wish I had <laughs> you go. This is what you get for leaving me hanging. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. But next you, time I'll call you. You call me. You go you, now. What I would say is. What's your FICO score look like? You have a solid credit score? Very solid, yeah. Nice. It's sitting in the 700s? Eight. Now, ooh, shahash, baby. That's great, man. Nice, sir. So you got 800 FICO. You're just snowballing cash savings now. Yep. Right? 30, 40, 50 grand. All you got to do is is start networking along the way. You got to talk to a a lender, right? Because that lender will guide you in the right direction. They want to see that you have your debt to income ratio is good. Right. Good thing is that you have no loans. So now your DTI is like, you have a fantastic debt to income ratio. What I would do if I were you, I would talk to a lender and be like, look, like I'm trying to buy three family. I'm trying to buy four family. What do I need to show in income to, to purchase an asset like this? 
Um, that's step one. See what you got to get to, right? right? And then um, step two is you talk to a real estate agent, someone who specializes in working with buyers. Uh, again, I, I'm a part of Keller Williams. I got a team. We did two, over 220 sales last year. So people in, on this that are listening and, and you want introductions to great lenders, great real estate agents, happy to make that connection all day long. I do it for my friends every single day. Appreciate that. Right? So start with the lender, meet with an agent, see if, how much money you got to save. Maybe it's one year of savings, two years of savings. But getting to that little, little 30, 40,000 range, if you're in New Jersey, that's a sweet spot where you could pick up a nice property. Other people, they typically get a little scared when it comes to investing in real estate. Like, oh my God, like what if, what if they call me at one o'clock at night and the toilet isn't working? I got to replace the toilet. What right. if the roof caves in? Oh my, what, if, you know, don't do that. Do I have to like go and like clean out my driveway when it snows? Like right. little things like that, that scares them from taking that step. And the big picture. Yeah. I'm sure there's like rational and irrational fears that go on every time I bring this up to somebody. Sure. Like family and friends I care about. I always like push them towards this way, but. And if they're not ready for it, they just won't do it. What are some fears? What are some things that rant through your head? Like, do I really want to do this? You know, I want to make sure that, like you said, I, I want to be able to protect the investment, whatever that means. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to invest in something that I cannot afford to see through if something catastrophic happens. Right. So making sure that, yeah, I have the ability, I have the resources to um, you know, if something goes wrong with the property, can I make sure that it gets fixed? Mm. Uh, do I have the resources and intel available, you know, to make sure that the place gets occupied and it gets occupied by somebody who can pay? So stuff like that, making sure that, you know, you don't want to get into an investment that you don't have the capability to, you know, keep profitable. Right. Those are the fears. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that's all rational fears. Uh, my best friend, I met him two years ago before I had met him. He bought a three family property. Right. He came in thinking, oh, like, this is going to be a, a, a walk in the park, right? He came in, and he bought this three-family. It's like, okay, I'm going to just figure this thing out. I got it on my own. This property ended up being a freaking nightmare for him. Catastrophic. Right. Right. So I'll give you a little, little backstory on that. He ended up buying a, uh, a three-family, mm -hmm. and one of the tenants, like, going into COVID, just stopped paying. Like, probably... Six months earlier. Yeah. Happened to a lot of people. Yeah. Just stopped paying. And he just like didn't, he didn't have the team. And he was just like, this property was such a nightmare to him. He's just, anytime it came into his head, he just pushed it out. Yeah. Anxiety. Right? Just gave him, yeah, anxiety was the word. It was such a nightmare draining him financially. He's losing money monthly on this property. Right. And he's just like, because of that anxiety, he didn't reach out. Right. And I didn't know about this problem until about a year into our friendship. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, I'm here. There's like, you, you got to have the team. And this is the importance of having a good team of people. Right. When, when you're, when you're running, a, when you're buying a property. Right. Um, it was really, it was a simple solution for me, right? I deal with this all day long. So I said, Sam, let me, let me go out. Let me go to the property. Let me talk to these tenants, right? I could probably get these tenants to start paying. He's like, okay, like, honestly, Dave, I'm done. I don't want to own a three family in the city anymore. I'm sick of it. I hate it. It's been a nightmare. So I said, all right, fine. So we did the math. Turned out, despite him losing money for like two years, like a year and a half straight, or like breaking even because one tenant wasn't paying, Despite all that, he ended up investing a total of like 50 grand and he ended up making 100. So 
with appreciation, like it didn't matter, right? right? Like he still doubled his money. Yeah, he went through hell and back, but yeah, even at its worst, it was a net positive. Imagine he had asked for help a year earlier and right. had the right team earlier. That would have been like a two and a half, three X multiple on his investment. Wow. Right. But you can't go into a multifamily property and say, oh, I got this yeah. when you didn't do your, your homework. Right. Either you have your team set up with your property manager you could trust. You got your property manager. You vetted him out. He's got plumbers. He's got maintenance staff. He's got that team for you. He's used to evictions. Right. Right. He got a real estate agent that you could trust that's going to lease that property up for you and give you real time feedback on what it's going to lease for and how fast it's going to lease. Like you need a good team in place. You go in equipped. You go in prepared, prepared. for what can happen. Yeah. Real estate investing is like running a little tiny business. That's what you're doing. Yeah. You are running a little business. And like you said, you have to learn all this information. You have to do your homework. Yes. But at the end of the day, doing that homework is going to put you in a position where you are making a second income. Yes. Passively. Passively. You're just preparing it. You got to think about it like it's your second job. Right. At the end of the day, you won't have to work like it's a second job. You exactly. just need the information. Exactly. And, and and when people say real estate investing is passive, I tell them that it's not. Right. Um, you could invest with syndicators like myself. Investing on your own is not passive. After you have it stabilized and you're rented and you're collecting income, you might deal with like one to two hours a week. And that thing's making you twenty grand. That's a thousand dollars an hour. Like you're getting that. You pay me a thousand dollars an hour. I, uh, I'll clean toilets. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Like so, it's that, and and that's it compounds on itself. Yeah. Now you got, now you got fifteen hours making extra twenty a year. You just save twenty from your job. You save twenty from that property. Now you go ahead and do it again. Rolls and rolls over. and snowballs. So, Josh, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for setting up the studio and this podcast. This was a blast. We're going to be doing a lot more of these in the future. It's going to be a fun year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks, Dave. You got it. All right, everybody. That's our show. If you like what you heard, do us a huge favor and give us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're feeling generous, maybe even tell a friend. Word of mouth helps a lot. If you're interested in being on the show or getting exclusive invites to our Deals and Dollars networking events, you can fill out a form at dealsanddollars.com. That's deals, the letter N, dollars.com. Your hosts were David Choi, Eric Panecki, and John Labretti. The podcast was produced by me, Joshua Perna, with additional editing by Jonas DeHuse and Erwin Castillo. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.